I'm Simon Hartzell, and this is NAI Global's Diving Into Commercial Real Estate. Welcome to another episode of NAI Global's Diving Into Commercial Real Estate. Today's episode is selling during uncertain moments in life. One quote that I, that I, I found impactful or, or thinking about during the times that we're in is, is we're living in, in uncertain times, which also leads us to take action, make no excuses, and overcome. On that point, our guest today is Jeff Beals. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, Simon. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Let me give the audience a little background on who you are, and they'll get a better understanding of how it relates to our topic today. So Jeff is the president of Jeff Beals & Associates, a sales trainer and consulting firm and creator of the DealMakers Online Commercial Real Estate Sales Training. Jeff has worked with hundreds of commercial real estate firms around the world. Over the last 20 years, he continues to be actively involved in commercial real estate brokerage. So again, welcome, Jeff. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us here today. Thank you, Simon. I'm excited to talk with you as well. So today is Tuesday, April 7th. 2020, we are in the midst of a socio-economic crisis. I think the first step in any uncertain moments is admitting to yourself where you are. Next is how you react. So based on the current state, Jeff, of the world and commercial real estate, What's the attitude within the industry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Simon, because of what's going on in the market and so much of it is outside of our control, frankly, I'm seeing a lot of fear. Now, not everyone admits that they're feeling fear and people show it in different ways, but that's what I'm seeing. Um, if you're a buyer, seller, landlord, or tenant, uh, you're scared about what could happen, this fear of the unknown. And so it's likely causing you to sit on your hands and avoid decision-making. Fear causes you to turn inward and put up a shell around yourself. And because of that fear, driven by the market uncertainty, people are not really excited about engaging with commercial real estate professionals. But then that leads to a second problem. And that causes the agents, the brokers, to feel disheartened and maybe even adopt a bit of a defeatist mentality toward their work. You know, why should I bother calling anyone if it, if it seems like no one wants to talk? But if you succumb to that kind of uh, thinking, fatalistic you know, decision-making or, or attitude, you're really setting yourself up for a lot of trouble. So, so basically, you have this decision paralysis that is set in and has affected people in every industry. I mean, even people who sell inexpensive things are dealing with this right now. But in commercial real estate, we sell expensive things. And so this uh, fear-driven decision paralysis is even worse in our line of work than a lot of others. Let me, and that's a good point. So let me ask a follow-up question. How 
do we as commercial real estate brokers and owners deal with this fear? Yeah, well, there are a couple things uh, th that you can do, and, and some of those things are, are you know, in your own world and, 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 and what you can control. You know, for instance, trying to get some sleep, eating more healthfully, exercising as, as much as you can while in quarantine. But I think attitude is even uh, as or maybe even more important than those physical or physiological things I mentioned. And, and a couple things. First of all, I like to say that activity is the key. So when you're in, a, in an environment where people are hesitant to make decisions and hesitate uh, to engage seriously with a, a vendor like a real estate broker, we still have to stay active. That's the first thing, because the tendency is to turn inward, hunker down. People will say, well, I just got to wait it out. Uh, but that's going to cause you a lot of uh, long-term problems. In fact, Simon, uh, I'm going to share with you a little motto that I have adopted for myself during this crisis, and it goes like this. The only way I'm going to get out of this crisis is to sell my way out of this crisis. And that means you don't sit on your hands. You, thank you. you. You don't tolerate inactivity, and you keep going forward. Keep pressing the gas pedal. We might have to do things a little differently, but we're going to not stop doing them. Yeah, and you bring you bring up a great point. I mean, if you are in this world, you never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. I learned that a long time ago from the sales coach I had back in the beginning of my career. So you're you're kind of alluding that same point is you need to you need to have activity. You need to be driven more now than ever before to to rise above and create activity, which is going to be able to get us all through this. So you make a great point there. What what are some of the, the best practices for broker owners and agents in uncertain times? Well, I think uh, the, the first thing is to uh, keep a resilience up. I was, uh, uh, like everyone, I get all of these emails that come in with different pieces of advice, and some of them are from uh, sources that I've actually subscribed to, and there's this one leadership consulting company that sends me something every week or every month or whatever. Really good stuff, uh, but they had some horrific advice in an email they sent me a couple weeks ago. Um, it, 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 the article was something like how you as a leader can guide your company through this crisis, and you know the first seven or eight bullet points were great, and then we got to bullet point let's say number nine, and it said, and for God's sake, stop selling. To sell in an environment like this would be utterly tone deaf. <laughs> I remember thinking, <laughs> my God, that is the single worst piece of advice you could ever give to anyone because the, the attitude you take and the things you do right now, Simon, will have a direct, consequential, and even palpable effect on how well you do this summer or this fall when well, I think this summer things will start to emerge uh, and, and become normal. And by the fall, they'll start to look a lot more normal. And, and I really believe that the, the actions you take and the attitudes you adopt today will have a direct impact on, on how you do when things start to thaw, which might not be terribly far away from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's that it's you're trying to encourage people not to get caught into a trap of uncertainty, mm -hmm. and how to how to get out of it, which you kind of alluded to. The best way to get out of it is to sell. Mm -hmm. So, 
in some of those those best practices, attitude is is probably at the top of the list, right? Absolutely. And I think the okay. other thing we have to remember, Simon, is that your clients your clients are dealing with fear, and 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 some of that fear is irrational. Um, the psychologists will tell us that fear is the most debilitating emotion that's out there. And, and that's not a light statement to make. I mean, if you think about it, if you're enraged with anger, yeah, that emotion is going to affect your decision-making. Or if you're just elated uh, with joy, it can affect your decision-making. But, but nothing affects your decision-making as much as fear, worry, and, and uncertainty. And that's what your clients have right now. And so we have to keep remembering, okay, they're dealing with one of the, one, some of these uncertainties. One of the worst things I could do is fuel the fire or fan the flames, right? And, and if you ever mm -hmm. took a, a psychology class back in college, uh, you may remember the term emotional contagion. And, and that's a psychological phenomenon where people tend to mirror other people or take on the emotions of other people with whom they interact. Well, in a time of fear, one of the dumbest things a broker could do is as they're listening to a client, you know, talk about this worry and that worry is to jump right into it and create a vortex uh, that self-perpetuates. You know, we want to we want to help our clients see the rational in a period of irrationality. Well, that makes sense. And and how do you encourage brokers to stay active and continue to bring value to the client? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things you have to do is, is you have to keep your activity level in perspective. And so a lot of times when when things aren't uh, happening uh, the way they normally happen or you're not as active as you normally are, you have to keep the activity level in perspective. Um, right now, brokers should tell themselves the lower traffic quantity they're experiencing right now actually equals higher traffic quality. So in, in difficult times, those people who do call in are going to be of way higher quality and have a much higher likelihood of leading to business than those people who call in during normal or very good times. And so that's one thing to kind of keep uh, in mind. The other thing is you're going to want to keep up your outbound uh, prospecting in times like this because prospects you go out and earn, you know, the people you go get, not the ones that come in to you uh, unsolicited, the, the little gifts that uh, come when the phone rings, the prospects you go out and get are almost universally going to be higher quality than the unsolicited calls. And that applies to good times and bad. So if you're finding reasons to motivate yourself uh, to go out and make a call, keep that in mind. The other thing is that brokers uh, uh, with, with, the, with how to stay active, uh, remember that the real estate never goes away. Um, you know, there's always a finite amount of acres that are available on planet Earth. And while the reasons for people wanting to make a real estate brokerage decision, buy, sell, lease, whatever, can change and be made under duress during a difficult period, turn and change and, and all of that still happens. And, and I think we have to remind ourselves, you know, the stock market can lose $4 trillion, but the real estate's not going away. And, and during difficult times, some real estate decisions are made only because of the difficult times. It usually isn't quite as, as much to equal um, the real estate decisions that would be made during boom times. But 
you want to be on the lookout for real estate decisions that have to happen because of the negative circumstances in which we're currently living. So we, we kind of alluded or, or talked about new clients being active and, and, and making the, the outbound call. What about with existing clientele, those that we might have a, a, a we've done a deal with or we have a long-term relationship with? Those I find is very valuable. How, how do you think the approach should be for a, a broker towards those types of clients? Yeah, it's a good question, and I think that the activity advice applies here as well. We have to stay in front of our current clients, but when I say stay in front of our current clients, one of the worst things you can do is to call and say, you know, hey, this is Simon from NAI Global. I was just thinking of you. I wanted to call in and check in and see how you're doing and all that sort of thing. While on the face of things, that seems nice and pleasant. I think you also have to call with some reason or excuse. Um, so we, what we want to do is go out and find some important piece of information or some insight or some real estate trends or rumors that we know because of uh, the way we practice real estate and the people we talk to and, and the insight we have. So we want to call with an excuse, if you will. But then you want to call those people and, and, and give them the excuse, the reason that you're calling, and then we'll engage in conversation with them. And Simon, I'm finding that whether you're calling new prospects or existing prospects or even existing clients, the percentage of calls that actually end up in a live conversation is way higher than it was a month ago. Um, and I think it's because people have some more time on their hands in many cases. They're around, uh, the gatekeeper at their office is gone. Uh, that person is at, at home in their home or apartment. And then the other thing I'm finding is not only are far more people actually answering the phone when you call, they are more willing to talk to you at length right now than they were a month or two ago when things were booming. And so why not take advantage of that? You have access to them. You might as well have some quality conversations. So yeah, it's, it's, taking, it's taking a little bit more upfront research either on the client's portfolio, assets, or their local market to make it relevant so you can make that conversation stickier and, and more impactful is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You want to do a little bit of homework before you call them, and then you're going to get far more value out of that call than if you just pick up the phone and say, oh, this, this guy has always been one of my favorite clients, or I did a deal with this person a couple of years ago. Surely she'll remember and want to hear from me. Um, you know, that person's going to want to hear from you if you call with a good reason other than just, hey, you holding up, uh, you know, because that's nice but we're getting that conversation from a lot of people and we're starting to get a little bit sick of it. And, 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 and during this period of uncertainty, if someone can call up with something really interesting or that gives me ideas or maybe gives me a little bit of hope or a confidence, I'm going to get far more out of that and be more grateful for that call than I am just the nice, thoughtful person that says, are you okay? How are you doing? Well, at what point do you, do you ask for, Commitment, and, and let me ask that with a follow or a, a kind of foreshadowing question. How do I identify quality current and new prospective clients? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and so yes, yeah, so you're right. Those are those are two different questions, and I'm going to take that latter one first, if that's okay, Simon, um, mm -hmm. because we do have to still go out there and identify people. And if you don't mind, I'm going to uh, 
make reference um, to uh, the 2009 crisis. You know, if you think about it, we had the, the, credit, the credit and housing crunch at the end of 08, but in commercial real estate, we didn't really feel that until 09 and 2010. And then that was the case in many industries. And uh, I'm gonna reference a book that was published in 2011 called The Challenger Sale by Matthew Dixon and Brent Adamson. And these two guys, and their company, they discovered that in 09, when everything was felt like it was just awful, the world was on fire, the economy went to hell in a handbasket, these guys identified a group of sales professionals uh, over a lot of different industries, not necessarily just commercial real estate, but a lot of sales professionals who were doing exceptionally well, and in many cases were doing better in 09 than they were in 07 when things were uh, just crazy booming. And so they went into this big study, it was all academic and, and, and whatnot, and, and they determined that part of what separated these people was they never gave up, they never used it as an excuse, they kept the activity level. But the other thing that's really interesting is that these people were willing to call prospects and challenge their thinking. So during a period of crisis, people are so worried about maybe alienating a client by asking them for his or her business that they tend to kind of pull back and be passive, or maybe they're too relationship focused and not enough focused on the bottom line. These people that were unusually successful during a bad time saw themselves as a teacher and a coach. And Simon, if you think about some of the best teachers and coaches you've had in your life, these were people who caused you to see things in a different way, uh, tapped into potential you didn't know you had, pushed you out of your comfort zone so that you could become someone new and better, right? Well, that's mm -hmm. what good salespeople do during this time. They're not afraid to ask challenging questions. They're not afraid to say, well, tell me why you're feeling that way or share with me why you have those types of hesitations so I can understand and get people talking with lots of probing questions. Well, in 2020, as we're dealing with this suddenly foisted upon us a health crisis, we want to do the same thing. We don't want to be tone deaf and bludgeon someone over the head with a used car salesman hard sell approach, but we want to ask people lots of probing questions and dig and, and get them to see things from a different perspective. And, and at the risk of talking too much, let me also say this. One of my favorite things to say to skittish prospects right now um, is to ask them a question that gets them thinking about time. And I'll say to them, hey, is this coronavirus we're dealing with right now a long-term or a short-term phenomenon? And of course, most people will say short-term. You'll say, right, I agree. Now, is the strategic importance of this real estate to your company's future of long-term significance or short-term significance? And of course, the person then will kind of get a look on their face and say, yeah, I know what you're saying, it's, it's long-term. And you say, right, so how willing are you to allow short-term fears and irrationality driven by this temporary crisis to affect your long-term progress and, and strategic direction as an organization? Those are questions that challenge people, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're, you're, you're asking the difficult times, difficult questions, or questions that are thought-provoking, mm -hmm. to have them, as you do with with most prospects and and people you're you're developing relationships, have them do the talking, have them mm -hmm. hear themselves. They'll talk themselves out of their own fears, or or it may develop into a a deeper relationship 
versus 30, 60 days ago when everybody was moving at normal speeds. So I, right. I like your I like your approach and the the driving and digging deeper in order to to have a, a greater connection with your clients and prospects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and 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 I will I will add to that by saying when we ask probing questions that kind of challenge their way of thinking or um, cause them to really mentally work a little bit to come up with the answers, you know what we're also doing? We're forcing them into a position of rationality because when they think that way and they contemplate that way, they're coming up with rational and strategic and, um, you know, justified thoughts as opposed to emotion, emotion, emotion. Mm-hmm. And and we've talked about this prior to our call and prior to our podcast here, but how do these how how do these mini commitments or or how does one try to develop those mini commitments in order to keep the relationship moving and and building a stronger relationship with clients yeah i'm glad you asked that because in times like this when we're going through the selling process we want to really focus on miniature commitments and, and let me explain what i mean um when you go through a period of uncertainty in which worry and fear are causing people to sit on their hands, it is exceptionally difficult to get a deal done quickly, unless there are some other circumstances that cause the deal to need to be done quickly. But for the most part, when people are dealing with fear, I already said they turn inward. It's a very debilitating emotion. And what we as brokers have to be careful about is not being impatient because what do we brokers love nothing more than anything else a fast deal which leads me to cashing a commission check um, in a short period of time but in times like this um, you're 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 very unlikely to go from meeting a client to um, you know cashing a check in a couple weeks or a couple months and so then what we want to do is we want to think about okay even in normal times there are lots of little steps that happen from the moment we prospect someone to when we cash a check. And during great times, those steps are typically easier and shorter, not so now. And so right now, instead of being obsessed about the end of the deal, be obsessed about the next step. And any time you successfully get a client to take a next step, that's a miniature commitment. And anytime someone makes even a miniature commitment, they're a little more psychologically invested into the total outcome. And, and, and miniature commitments can be things as, as, as simple as even agreeing to having a scheduled conversation with you. You know, if you if you call a prospect cold, um, you you have a way to reach out and, and and grab their attention. But then, what are we looking for in in a prospect contact? We want a scheduled meeting, not going to be face to face now unless we use Zoom or something like that. But we want a scheduled meeting. Well, if they say yes to that, boom, you just got a miniature commitment. That's victory in a time like this. Agreeing to a virtual showing or if, if in-person showings are allowed in your market, agreeing to that, that's a, a virtual commitment and it's something you kind of want to celebrate because you're making progress. So if, if you're frustrated that you're not closing the volume as quickly as you like to, you can at least say during a period of, uh, of uncertainty when activity is the key, as long as I'm making little steps, I'm setting myself up for boom time later in the year. Well, you got my commitment. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so let me. Let, <laughs> I wanna. I wanna. I wanna quote you, Jeff, 
So this is this is a quote from you that I, I found was very impactful and may help to to also prioritize fears, but you say when we overcome adversity, we emerge stronger and more resilient than ever. How in the world of everything going on, how do I feed myself, my family, take care of the, the agenda out there? How do you how do you prioritize fears in uncertainty or in certain times? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, I, I will say that um, I, I stick by that quote because um, if we go macro and look at uh, history of the world, uh, some of the greatest uh, breakthroughs, achievements, and innovations of humanity have happened only because of periods of great challenge uh, and great adversity. You can look at wars, you could look at uh, the bubonic plague in the Middle Ages of, of Europe. Um, uh, you can look more recent, um, you know, here in the United States, where you and I are, Simon, um, the 2008-2009 financial crisis uh, was painful, but there are a lot of things we as a society do better now. Um, if you look at uh, uh, the, the OPEC oil crisis of the early 1970s, well, that led to some things that uh, became better and um, and certainly health issues. So so I, I think the first thing is to really believe that. Uh, believe that in your heart of hearts that that, that, that is true. And then um, the other thing you want to do is, is just kind of really focus on your own rationality. You know, be thinking about, okay, um, how do I, I, we talked earlier about how we want clients to see things in perspective, but we need to be constantly saying to ourselves, how do we see things in perspective? Um, mm-hmm. You know, reminding ourselves that, hey, there have been plenty of other external events that have had negative impacts on commercial real estate professionals. But if you look at people who stayed the course, kept their activity level there, uh, kept their personal health in check, uh, never took the, the foot off the gas pedal, those people stuck around and, and made it uh, and didn't have to go be you know, uh, accountants and go sit in a cubicle with a badge clipped to your uh, shirt pocket uh, because you didn't stay in commercial real estate brokerage. Well, and you, you, and the word that really resonated with me was attitude. If you're, if you're going to let fear and uncertainty encompass your life, it's going to show through your attitude. So mm-hmm. if you've got the, 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 the attitude of being able to drive through this and get through this, I think that one that will self-reflect with yourself and alleviate the fears, but then two will also when you're talking to clients, they'll pick up on that. They'll feel it in the tone of your voice. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll resonate with it. So it, given the, the sensitivity levels of almost everybody now at, at some of the highest levels, how should one handle a skittish client? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to answer that question from the perspective of, of prospecting new people. And, and I think what we have to remember is, uh, and I kind of hinted about this earlier when I said when you call your current clients, uh, you don't want to just check up on them. You want to give them some sort of value. Mm-hmm. And, and when we're going after new people, we have to remember that in good times and bad times, value and insights sell, features and benefits don't sell. 
So in other words, if I call up someone who doesn't know me and I start talking about how great my property is, um, you know, that, that, that they would be a perfect uh, candidate to lease or to buy, that's going to go over poorly. Um, but if I call up and I'm sharing information and insights and rumors and insider information and, and threats and opportunities that are out there, I have a greater chance of resonating with them. But the problem is a lot of people want to, they want to call in and talk about how great their representation services are, how cool it is that they're an SIOR or CCIM, or how awesome their company is, or I've been in the business for 38 years, yada, yada, yada. No one cares about that stuff. Um, they they don't care about your company, you, your property. They don't even care if, you know, your property is a one-of-a-kind uh, piece of land that sits on the best freeway. They care about themselves, their lives, their businesses, their employees, all of their worries. And, and then they also, Simon, they care about stuff in the outside world. They care about the bigger economy, uh, politics, real estate trends, happenings, and real estate rumors. They want to know about threats that could be coming uh, to affect them real estate-wise or just their business in general. And the same, and, and the same way, they also want to know about opportunities could help their business or their real estate situation. So they want truthful information that's compelling and surprising and very applicable to them. So if we want to get a skittish client to calm down and actually agree to talk with us, we got to hit them that way with stuff that's compelling, but, but, but is interesting to them where they live and exist. And so the absolute worst thing we could do is to start picking up the phone and talking about our property or about us. We want to talk about these bigger, broader things. And, and I like to say, if you prospect this way, two things. One, it's almost as if you are running your own intelligence gathering agency. So, you know, you think about the CIA or the National Security Administration in the United States, every other country has intelligence agencies too, right? Their, their job is to go get valuable information for the government. Well, our job is to go get valuable intel in order to get someone to want to talk to us because we have something worth hearing. Uh, the other way of looking at that is see yourself as the personal research and development department uh, for your would-be clients. You're bringing R&D that's valuable to them and surprising to them, and that's one of the ways you get them to talk to you. And then once they agree to talk to you, boom, then it gets way easier because you can ask those probing questions and be the challenger salesperson we talked about and get them talking about probing questions, and suddenly they start thinking more rationally. Well, that's a great point. You, you actually kind of talked about a little bit about my my follow-up question, which were, what are some steps or action steps brokers can take and potential useful resources? So you mentioned R&D. You're the, you're the, you're the R&D department for this client. You're, you're giving them intel or information they may not have or have access to, which I thought was valuable. But what are, what are some other actionable steps and, and things that the brokerage community can do? Yes, I'm, and great question, and and I'll tell you, um, I've I've had the opportunity since this crisis began to literally um, have uh, personal phone conversations with probably close to forty managing brokers, at least thirty managing brokers from various parts of North America, and I've learned a lot in those conversations. But one of the things that's become clear to me is that the average broker right now, I believe has about 25% more free time on his or her hands than they had before the crisis started. And there are a lot of reasons for it, which I can't, we won't get into right now, but, but they have some more time on their hands. And so 
uh, when you're doing, when you have that extra time on your hands, you want to say, okay, how can I really capitalize on it and exploit it? And one of the ways uh, is something I've said probably too many times already today, and that's activity. When all else fails, be active doing something right now because activity in times like this pays off in the, on the long run. The second thing is you need to use this time to learn more. Um, if, if you have a downtime, you want to go back and learn a new piece of um, investment analysis software or go learn some new features in your customer relationship management software that you've never used before or sharpen your sales skills and, and figure out how can I become better at selling or, you know, for instance, we know we're going to have to do a lot of prospecting during this time and, and immediately after. Can you go read a book on or watch some videos on prospecting so you get better in that because prospecting is the most important thing we do in sales. And then the third thing is we've got to prepare. Um, if, if you're a broker worth his or her salt, um, late last year, earlier this year, you made detailed brokerage goals for what you were going to accomplish in 2020. You need to, if you haven't already, get out those goals. Start thinking about, okay, we had an unforeseen or unexpected crisis that has dramatically altered what we're probably going to do in calendar year 2020. That said, we'll probably have a big chunk of 2020 where business is either normal or fairly close to normal. What are you going to do during that time to make sure you can get as big a portion of your goals still accomplished? Do you need to come up with new call list? Do you need to come up with some new messaging? Um, your timeline of your goals are probably going to change. For, for, for God's sake, use this time to get ready because any broker who doesn't, like let's say if you follow the typical fear pattern of, of, of someone like a real estate broker who's going through this time, you turn inward, <clears throat> you slow down and you, um, and you kind of pull back and uh, you, you complain to your family and friends about what's happening and what's not happening in your business. And um, you're really not learning a lot. You're really not preparing a lot. So then things slowly start to thaw. Businesses come back online. And let's say for the sake of argument, we're mostly back to normal in July uh, or, or early August. If you're only at the point of just starting to ramp back, ramp back in, ramp back up, and just starting to prepare and think about, you're going to be way behind and your year's going to be pretty bad. Mm. But if you hit that period in stride, your year 2020 might not be all that different from 19 or it might not be all that far off from your goals. That's a great point. And then and that goes back to, again, attitude and activity. Those are probably the two, two biggest takeaways and, and self self-reflection as well. Making sure that you do a SWOT analysis on yourself in order to take that, turn that fear inward or take that fear from turning inward and getting it out of your life. Mm -hmm. And there's still, I'm assuming you can't ignore, there still may be a percentage of fear, but it doesn't need to be at 90 or 100% of, of consuming your life. Oh, and, yeah. And you bring up some great points. Yeah, yeah Simon, I agree. Great. We, we all have fear. I mean, I, I preach this stuff and I work with people. My job is to help um, uh, brokers do better and, and commercial real estate firms succeed. And, and even I deal with some of these fears. But, but my thought on all of this is it's a temporary situation. I know that while I am experiencing some short-term discomfort, 
I am going to be a far more successful and wealthy man a couple few years from now because I made it through this than I would have been otherwise. And and I, I want my clients, the commercial real estate companies and brokers out there to think the same way. Awesome. Well, Jeff, I, I appreciate all the info. Um, I have one last question, and it's more okay. of a, a fun question. So please answer, answer truthfully. With with all business going on and, and some, I'm assuming you're taking some personal time on your downtime, what's what's the one show you're you're binge watching right now? <laughs> you're going to think I have no life whatsoever, but this is an honest confession, Simon. I have never binge watched a show. And uh, really, really, <laughs> I know it. Yeah, I, I'll watch some movies. You know, we'll rent some movies or watch some of the movies on Netflix. But mostly when I'm not doing that, I watch, uh, I'm kind of a, a, maybe I'm a lot of nerd, but I watch documentaries, travel shows. I watch some sports, but not, God honest, I've never watched, binge watched a series or anything like that, like everyone else does. (laughs) Sounds good. Everybody, everybody's got their, got their own. So that's, that's good. Well, Well, Jeff, again, thank you for being our guest speaker today. If, if folks, really want to dig deeper and follow up with you, what's the best way for them to to reach out to you? I've got two websites. Uh, my main website is jeffbeals.com. And then uh, my commercial real estate sales training program is dealmakerscre.com. Uh, CRE as in commercial real estate. Perfect. Again, Jeff, appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you're listening, you'd like to find out more about becoming part of NAI Global, please email us at help at naiglobal.com. Thank you for listening.